0: Everyone has the same five core areas of their life that ultimately determine how happy they'll be. Unfortunately, most of us have developed failure habits in each, and it's Will Moore's mission to help replace those with success habits to maximize momentum. After exiting his business for a combined nine-figure sum, Will learned it's not just about becoming an entrepreneur of your career, but an entrepreneur of the most important business you'll ever run, your life. And to crush it in your life, requires firing on all cylinders in your five cores by continually taking action, building habits, and maintaining balance in each. Hello, and welcome to the Five Core Life Podcast with Will Moore, founder of More Momentum. If you've not already, please make sure to follow and subscribe to the Five Core Life Podcast wherever you get your podcasts so that you get notified when episodes air every week. In today's episode of The 5 Core Life, host Will Moore sits down with Ben Saunders, Polar Ben as he's known, two-time world record holder for longest human-powered polar journey in Antarctica, and a man who's had a Lego made after him. Pretty big deal when you have a Lego made after you. Ben and Will talk about what you do is more important than how you do it. They also explore the importance of taking action without certainty and that being paramount to growth and success. In addition, they share how setting goals and just taking action immediately versus waiting until everything's perfect is crucial. Plus, Ben shares the top habit that's helped him get to where he is, and he's crossed Antarctica twice. Are you ready to find all cylinders? If so, let's go. (laughs) So
1: speaking of, let me just kind of reintroduce you briefly for those Mm. that are on. Dude, um, you're an impressive man. Uh, I watched some of your video clips. I saw some of your TED talk getting attacked by a polar bear. Uh, <laughs> if you don't mind, I'd love to love to share with our viewers kind of mm-hmm. that story because it's a really neat one. Um, you hold the world record for longest human-powered polar journey in history. Yep, right? two thousand eight hundred eighty-eight kilometers. Mm-hmm. I'm an American, so what is that? Yeah, eighteen, eighteen,
2: eighteen hundred miles. Well, interestingly. The the number on my GPS, when we stopped, there were two of us on that big expedition. So we walked from the, the coast of Antarctica to the South Pole, back to the coast again. So the number on the GPS was um, 1,795 miles, statute miles. Um, so I, I assumed that's that's how far we walked. I then had an email from someone um, six, eight weeks after we got back to the UK. I'm, I'm in, in England right now. Um, it's, uh, what is it, nearly, nearly 5 p.m. here. It's getting dark, it's feeling wintry. But um, yeah, got back got back home to the UK. I had this email saying um, from an expert saying, "Well, you, you realise that number is undoubtedly wrong." And I said, "What what what the hell are you talking about?" And and if you learn nothing else from me today, you, you will learn this. And um, GPS apparently assumes that the Earth is a perfect sphere, which which is not. It's it's kind of squashed a bit at the top and the bottom. So he reckoned we'd walk six miles further, which I was pretty happy about. So eighteen hundred, well one thousand eight hundred one miles well that's so, that's kind uh, yeah. of cool because it's like <laughs> so oh,
1: man i almost made 1800 exactly like, yeah i did yeah yeah, yeah. You know, so it's about have it it made it was, any
2: difference in the in your record right no exactly no so it was it was i think in the i have in in our in our in our bathroom downstairs like the guinness world record is framed on the wall but some, i think that says 1795 so either way it was a long trip about about 69 marathons back to back so, just real quick, we don't have to go too into this, but
1: what is the process? This, like, do you get with the Guinness Book of World Records and say, I'm going to go do this, and they, like, you know, like, get it all ready, and then you do it, and they're like, okay, or is it more like, you do it, and you're like, oh, hey, guys, by the way, I just did this, and then they... You know,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm trying to remember. I, I mean, we we basically did it, and I think we wrote off and applied, and um, they... I think you have to... Pay, if you want it like... You can pay for to have it like fast tracked. So I think we did that. So we, we got the yeah, they sort of fed it you the certificate a, a week or two later. But I think otherwise if you've just if you've done something crazy, you know, grown the longest fingernails or roller skated around whatever it is, you know, uh, and you just you just send off your proof you've done it and I think it takes a few months normally. So yeah, you can you can pay to fast track it. But that, I mean that wasn't that wasn't really the, the kind of prime you know, primary motivation by the trip. But of course. Um, it was of it course. was fun, you know, it, it's a it's a cool thing to have now, a cool little memento. It it's just a little cherry
1: on top, right? You're, yeah, exactly, exactly. You don't seem yeah. like the type of person that's going to go do something just so you can have <laughs> someone to hang in your bathroom, but yeah. it, it's it's neat, right? Somebody like mm-hmm. me looking you up and, and people would learn about you, and I'm sure Lego was impressed. That's another neat one. Um, so when did that all happen? So
2: Lego. Oh gosh, yeah, Lego. that was that was that was really cool. That was actually when we got back from that big expedition in Antarctica. So that was twenty twenty fourteen. Um, we did that. So yeah, I should. We actually moved house last year. And I haven't. I, in my old office. I had I had the Lego models like out on my shelf, but there. They're in a box somewhere. I need to rebuild them. I, I loved it as a, as a kid, and it was just yeah, that was that was one of the coolest things to have like a, you know, Lego. It's it's like a little figure with a big orange jacket, and the hood up. I saw so, that. Yeah, I saw was, that. I know. Yeah. I
1: wish I wish technology is coming. <laughs> I wish I could just like hit a button right now and have it pop up on the screen. Yeah, That's yeah. Next, right. It's it's evolving. It's evolving by the day. Hold on. Let me pin this comment so everybody, I knows you are. There you are. Benson Ben Saunders, is it Saunders or Sanders? How do you pronounce?
2: Saund- it? Saunders, yeah, oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Polar uh, bear fan, I love it. Okay, so, <laughs> so Lego, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine, like, I, you know, hashtag bucket list, like <laughs> some sort of figure. It may have not even been on your radar, but that's gotta be pretty neat to be like, this is something I played with as a kid, and now I have my own little figure. Here. It was
2: it was pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty special. And I mean, in a way, you know, that, that kind of sums up my entire career, like stuff I used to love, you know, as, as a kid, love reading about, love hearing about, love watching, love learning about. The fact that I've kind of done done that, it's still, it's, it, it's still, um, it's weird. Like in, in some ways, it still hasn't really sunk in. Um, I was uh, up in Scotland last week, up in the, right up in the Highlands. So kind of, pretty wild up in the North coast of the UK. And um, I worked up there as a teenager and that's, and that was in a a, basically a, um, I mean, it's, it's like an outward bound center on steroids. So it used to be, so it was run by a guy called John Ridgway, who's extraordinary character. He was um, he's 82 now, but he was the first person to row across the Atlantic from Boston to Ireland in 1966 in a wooden boat, two guys in a wooden boat. So he was, yeah. So R R I D G W A Y. He's a fascinating character, and he's quite he's quite private I think you know when they they did this in the in the sixties nineteen sixty six so I think he was for a few years like had this you know he was he was a celebrity in the u k and I think he realized that he just didn't actually didn't like that so he kind of moved up to the middle of nowhere in Scotland and created this school so I worked for him as as an instructor for a, a year in my late teens and and that was where the screw came loose you know that's why I first started dreaming about doing doing this kind of thing so To go back there, you know, last week and to think like, wow, you know, I worked there 25 years ago. And and if you told the 18-year-old me then that I'd go on to do, you know, four and a half thousand miles on foot now in the Arctic and Antarctica and, and, yeah, world records, all this this stuff, I'm not sure I would have believed you. So, um, yeah, I mean, the the Lego, same thing.
1: Right. I mean, that that's neat, man. Well, I, I love I love talking to people like you. Right. And, and obviously, you're you're a goals guy. You, you don't mm. you don't get to to where you are by not having goals. So, right. I love that's a neat. Thank you for that backstory. It started. I actually did Outward Bound years ago in the Colorado Rockies. So um, I can imagine when you said Outward Bound on steroids. I mean, at the time, I thought it was the most difficult thing a mm-hmm. human can ever do, and I'm sure it was even nothing in comparison to what you're describing. But the hardest part for me, I remember, was we had this solo period, mm-hmm. and we weren't to eat for three days. You're on your own. You're in a tent, mm-hmm. and it's it's a fasting period, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm a guy that, you know, everybody's got their thing. Some people seem to be okay, like, you know, fasting. When I, it's very, very difficult for me, and we'd already mm-hmm. underpacked going into the solo, so we were literally you know going in starving and it was like okay time to fast for three days they gave us a little bag of pork that's all we had granola oats raisins peanuts yeah explorer i'm sure you're familiar and you know that I, I was gone the first day of course yeah. I didn't, like and then it was like I, there was this little peanut shell and i'll never forget this image of this ant just kind of i'm like i'm just laying there just like okay let's when is this let's the hours are going by so slowly and I look down. This little ant is crawling over my peanut shell, like the, the the skin, the outside of the peanut, right? Not even like the actual shell. The little that little reddish skin, and he starts to crawl away with it. And I smashed that little guy, and I ate him and the skin.
2: <laughs> bit, of, bit of protein. That's
1: all, and I look back at that, and I'm like, that's amazing that that actually happened. But at the time, it was like not only normal, but I was like, oh my god, what a treat! I got an ant in yeah. peanut shell, like. It gave the 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 ant a little bit of flavor, you know, with the salt. <laughs> anyway, so Outward Bound, if anybody hasn't done it, or or if you're, you know, you got kids, I highly recommend it. It's an unbelievable character builder. Mm. It completely mm. changed my perspective mm. on the world, on life, and it, it it allowed me to see that anything is possible. And I can mm. one thousand percent stand behind the fact that I think that it helped contribute to me
2: and where I ended up. Because I was like, if I got through that, I can get through anything. It sounds like have a similar experience on you yeah, a, a, absolutely and i think even before that i think even even as a kid like i was i was one of those kids that didn't respond well to being forced to sit in a classroom sit still and remember what you're being told. Like my brain didn't work. I I, I had to be kind of engaging with stuff and, and, and preferably outdoors and kind of trying things, experimenting things. And I loved like, I, I enjoyed like science experiments and how we get to do stuff. But yeah, like sitting and being told to remember things did, didn't really work for me. So um, yeah, the, the the outdoors was, was where it happened and, and where I came alive really. And, and I think ultimately what taught me about goals and and about having a work ethic and and and, you know kind of making things happen like like figuring out my own sense of agency like that that all happened through the outdoors ultimately through these these expeditions um and it's funny that yeah i remember as a teenager like like thinking ah i i don't want to be i don't want to be a businessman i want to be like an adventurer and and now looking back, like the biggest, the hardest part of what I've done for the last twenty years has been the the commercial side. Of course, I'm a businessman. I've, I've got to raise huge amounts of money to to fund these expeditions, and 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 I'm you know often you know, trying to pull a team together, employing people, we have an office, you know. So it's be, it's been a business all, all along. It took me a while to to realise that I, I sort of become the CEO of this weird company where I was the boss, but I was also like the the product. I was the thing we were shipping. You know so. <laughs> That's yeah.
1: No, I I can relate to that. What I'm doing now, because right, I'm 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 kind of, you know, I, obviously our stories are completely different, but out there trying to help people and mm. and become their best selves and be able to say, hey, this is where I want to be. This is what I'm going to So you found your passion earlier, rather than you know what a lot of people do, which is maybe your parents or society or whatever said, you know what, you should be sitting behind a desk. You'll make more money, mm. and then just doing that and just slowly suffering. And I call it hovering between. <laughs> Your optimal self and rock bottom your whole life. To me, yeah. there's nothing worse because when you hit your rock bottom, you can at least like be like, okay, something's got to change. Like mm. it's got to go up. But if you're kind of in that just that middle zone where it's like you're just kind of mm. going through through life and and it's like every day kind of blends into the other and you don't love what you're doing. It's it's I can't imagine a worse.
2: A- absolutely, absolutely, and of course, you know, my my careers advisor at school never mentioned Polar Explorer as, as an option. I just, I never knew that could, could be a career. So, you know, and, and, and I think it's interesting. I, I read a, a really cool book um, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago um, by uh, Cal Newport. It's called, it's called so good. They can't ignore you. And um, I, you can ultimately boil the whole thing down his, his whole argument to um, that what you choose to do is, is, is less important than how you do it. And I think that's that's I think that's really important. Like looking back, I think people often mistakenly assume that, that that my entire life has been like following my dream, and I always knew exactly what I wanted to do, which is not true. Like uh, you know, even even in my early twenties, I didn't know this could be a career. I was just pursuing something I enjoyed, and and in some ways, um, there've been enormous um, you know not only challenges along the way but but massive failures as well and and real setbacks and you know my first expedition in 2001 I was 23 years old I came back from that in so much debt. you know with with everyone around me my my stepfather like just telling me that was he, he knew it all along like the most idiotic thing I could have done and the sooner I the sooner I you know got this out of my system and settled down to a sensible career, the better so part of me was always like, "Well, screw you, watch this and then you know, and and it was sheer necessity back then the like, the only way I could think of like getting myself out of this hole that I dug myself into was was another expedition, like, if I can raise enough money, I can pay off the debt from first year. so so yeah of my of my dozen or so big expeditions. The first two were like this Ponzi scheme where I'm like desperately paying off the debt from the first one to do yeah. You know. So right, it was right. yeah, it was it was, you know, yes, of course it was passion and pursuing something that I loved and that inspired me, but there was also necessity. Like I, I had to make it work. Um and I think that's that's I think it's important. <laughs>
1: Um, that that's right. It's amazing when your back's against the wall, what, mm. what human beings are able to do. And I believe all human beings have that in them. You know, it's it definitely you know that whole saying the going gets rough, the tough the tough get going. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 I think some people more so than others kind of mm. kick into a gear. Um, mm. But again, I think that all ties to to mindset and mm. and kind of like you know what your perspective is on life. And I think you can develop certainly develop into that and it's just as i'm sure you can attest you just take one small action that becomes the next and it kind of compounds and then before you know it you're building that momentum and you're gaining yeah, confidence and your, your perspective literally just starts changing and you're like i can do whatever the heck i want mm, lego just yeah. made an action <laughs> i'm literally a superhero
2: what? what what i i it's it's really interesting i mean you yeah, come back to mindset i think one of the things that i'm fascinated by and i I, and and probably the the biggest ingredient in the in the success that i've had in the the weird niche that i've specialized in um has come through through i guess you call it self-belief and i i don't mean um arrogance or ego or like self-importance but but you know the belief in my own capacity to to make things happen Um, and and my my theory is that is that self-belief is a bit like a muscle like it's it's a human quality we all have it to, to greater or less degrees but it it responds to stimulus like you can strengthen it and and i think that certainly in my experience the stimulus that 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 it responds to um, is not success or failure but it's it's the endeavor it's the trying stuff it's the, it's the taking action without certainty you know having courage um and so many people so many companies kind of i, I think make the mistake of Kind of thinking, well, we should wait until we're confident before we take the first step. And and it's a cliche, but, you know, confidence only ever follows courage. Like you can't you can't learn to swim by reading a book about swimming. Like at some point you have to get in the water. And that, and that holds true for, for pretty much any endeavor in, in life, I think.
1: 100% agree with that. It's amazing how much this this particular topic comes up with when I'm interviewing you know, successful people, happy people, um, you know, people that have kind of seemed to figure it out. Um, you know, it, and it it ties to you know. There's a couple of books. One of them is called "Getting Real." Um, I think the first one it stems from was. I'm trying to remember, I'm looking at my books right here. I'm drawing a blank on on the actual name, but it it stems from the concept of. Uh, basically just just taking action and pivoting don't try like as a business even like and this is the same I always say you know run your life like an entrepreneur like an entrepreneur does certain things and they take chances and they say okay this is where I want to be this is my goal like you need to run your life the same way and if you wait for everything to be perfect you
2: know you'll be be waiting forever yeah (laughs)
1: well not only that and then it's like then it's like you may miss the opportunity and or you think you've got it all figured out and you spend all this time and then you actually you know in the business world the the example is you launch a product and then the customers go oh no this isn't what we wanted it's like now you have to what start all over no so you just small steps at a time you like you said you kind of you take a little bit of a leap of faith and and then that's how you really and then when you have a little bit of success that's when you really your, your mindset your confidence your perception they start to improve And then, you know, and then even and then if you fail and you're able to sort of say, okay, this isn't the end of the world. This is just I just learned what not to do here. And I'm going to turn it over this way. And then you're you're literally just gaining that momentum and improving the process. And it's amazing how simple of a concept that is, but how few people seem to grasp that.
2: Exactly, exactly. Um, I was going to say something else that uh, I've lost my lost my thread, but um, yeah. yeah, but about my, I mean, I, I you know, I, I say now, like to me, I think one of the things that that really continues to to, to excite me is is trying to I guess in, encourage inspire people to be more adventurous, and I don't mean like to go bungee jumping or to buy some skis and a tent and a sledge and go to the north of South Pole, but, but to, but to try stuff like, you know, experiment with things. Yeah. I think so many, so many of us kind of go through life thinking, well, I I need to, I need to know a bit more. I need to learn a bit more before I can start the business or or go on the journey or, or do the, do the thing. Um, and and so often, like the best way to learn is to do the thing. You know, that's 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 kind of how it works. So, do the thing, shall yeah. have power. Mm, right. That's absolutely.
1: that's quote. I can't remember where that's from. Mm. Uh, the Lean Startup, by the way, it came to me. That was the book.
2: Brilliant. That I can write it down. Have
1: you, have you read that one?
2: I haven't. I, I I've heard of it. So I'm I'm, I'm writing it down right now.
1: It, it, it's right up your alley, and it, and it talks about exactly kind of that philosophy of
2: just do it, just mm. do it
1: and then pivot and, mm-hmm. and, and tweak, tweak along the way. And you know, it's that the law of compounding. I, I mm-hmm. call it my, my, my equation of life, something that it's taken me years and years to develop, is your belief system plus your repeated actions plus time equals mm-hmm. who you will become, right? So it's like if your belief system is no bueno and you don't believe in yourself, that's gonna affect your actions and then time's gonna do its thing. And it's going to take its toll and that's the person you'll become. But if you start to upgrade, you know, your mindset, what you think you're capable of, your confidence, your perception, your outlook, and you start taking action and you have a little bit of confidence and then you build that more and more on top of it. And then all of a sudden, the habits is a big thing, what I talk about. I don't know, I'd love to hear your take on habits. But to me, habits Mm -hmm. and routine, it's everything, right? It's like habits don't care if they're good or bad, helping or hurting us. They're going to do their thing no matter what. Mm -hmm. And if you can develop the habits, that are pushing you in the direction you want to head into and then they become automatic. Your brain's like, all right, we got that one. We don't have to worry about it. And you're just doing it. And yeah. there's so many, it works the opposite way too. where we're, we're taking the habits where we've developed habits that are, that are hurting us. And so I have obviously these five core areas and, and it's about, you know, building them in each. And it sounds like
2: you're, you're somebody I would call firing on all cylinders. <laughs> try, try, try to be. I mean, it's, it's been interesting over the years. When I, when I think back to, for me, the, the biggest expedition was uh, twenty thirteen, twenty fourteen. So that there were two of us on this. This was the eighteen hundred mile, nearly four months in Antarctica. And and I actually, when when I think back to my life then, like it was it was kind of off balance. Like I'd had this absolute tunnel vision, focus on 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 a goal that took everything I had, like all of my energy, all my time, all the money I could raise, and and like other stuff, you know, relationships were disastrous at that point. So it's taken me. It's funny when when you, I remember being like seventeen, eighteen, I was up in Scotland, thinking, "Ah, oh, by the time I'm like twenty six, I'm gonna have it all. I'll, I'll have it all figured out." I'm forty three now, and I finally feel like, "Okay, I'm I'm kind of figuring figuring this out." Like like self, you know, self awareness, self knowledge. Like I, and it's interesting. Someone I did an interview um, last week. Someone asked me my, my my proudest achievement, and I think they were gonna say like walking with the pole back. And I, and I was like, genuinely, it's being happy, being content. Like, I, I feel happier now than, than I have, like, my entire life to, to date. And, um, and I'm still, you know, I'm still ambitious. I'm still driven. But I, I think, you're um, coming back to goals, a big lesson for me um, on, on that massive expedition in Antarctica is that was the biggest goal I'd ever set myself. That, like, that was aiming as, as high as I could in, in right. my field. And we did it, we pulled it off and, and and there was a definite finish line at the end. And and everything for a decade before that had been geared to reaching that finish line. And looking back, I think I'd made the mistake of of viewing success as a finish line, as a <laughs> threshold. Like 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 if I if I work hard enough, if I if I accumulate enough, achieve enough, I'm gonna get there. I'll cross the line and my life's going to be awesome. And then I'll just sit on a, a beach
1: and drink yeah and well, it didn't
2: really happen and, and and actually in a strange way it was it was it was almost um, what I imagined was going to be like the, you know opening the door to the best period of my life like whew, I made it I've done it I've got to the top of my game actually was was i'd entered like it was it, it was a really low point of course physically we were exhausted i'd lost i'd lost 50 pounds of you know, body weight in, in in three and a half months came back like completely shattered but but also like the the goal my goal the thing that had been this this vision this mission that had been giving me all of this energy motivation for years once we achieved it gone and 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 there wasn't anything there to replace it at the time so so i think i'd, I'd you know, if you'd asked me to, to define success back then, it would be achieving a goal. Right now, I, I I look at success differently. I think it's you know I look at it now as like continuing to strive well and continuing to continue to to evolve as as a human being and to learn and to grow. Like it's 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 another cliche, but like I see success now as the as the journey, not as the destination.
1: The I mean, you you just hit on something that I I'm so glad you said that. Um, I talk all the time I, this is exactly my philosophy and and I used the example for me of selling my company last mm-hmm. year yours was um, you know ach- achieving this expedition 10 years similar time frame that's all that's all I worked for right yeah and and it was a ama- mate and it was like it was that it was the actual journey. Like you said, it was the, the, the chase of it. And sometimes it doesn't feel like that. And there's going to be Mm -hmm. like, you know, said the ups, the downs, but it's how you, how you take those failures and and like, okay, that sucks. Like nobody's, nobody's going to be like, woohoo, I failed. That's awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. That's part of life. And without the bitter, the sweet ain't as sweet. So you're going to fail But if you're able to pivot and you keep growing, you're like, okay. And you keep working. That's ironically what real happiness is. You got to have, a destination and a goal it's not the destination mm. itself and mm. so i tell i tell the story about how when i sold my company i um it, it felt good i i say for 10 minutes i always say but really it was more like i took about a month i took about a month off when we finally achieved you know we exited and mm. and i i played golf I, I did these things that i just hadn't allowed myself to do for quite a while because i was just like locked into to this business and and, and concentrated on getting this thing sold at the end and you know first it was building it up then it was getting it Mm -hmm. sold and but then it was like now what and it was Mm -hmm. almost like a depression set in and i was like Mm -hmm. oh man you know and and it's just crazy to me you and i are not the only i but luckily in the back of my mind i kind of knew this because i've always been this insatiable self-help piece reading
2: and I kind of knew what was coming, but it was neat to yeah.
1: actually experience it myself. Uh, for
2: sure. Yeah. It's, it's same, same, same thing for me. Um, I, I, I kind of, yeah, I, I was aware that this happened and you, you read about it, hear about it a lot. There was a lovely, um, I forget which year, I should know which year, but uh, a British professional cyclist, Bradley Wiggins, he, he was the first Brit to win the Tour de France. And uh, I heard him interview a few years ago and um, he kind of came back from France, you know, and, and had uh, achieved his wildest dream. And he talked about like getting home and his, wife i think had gone shopping and there was like a post-it note on the fridge like put your laundry in the machine he was like oh like this isn't what i expected this was going to feel like you know so like yeah i kind of like academically i i sort of understood that that was likely to happen but still going through it was 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 tough but i'm also glad that i glad i did
1: so listen up and listen, good people. All those people chasing something, thinking when I it, first of all, it's good to have a goal, and uh, we're not certainly not telling you not to, right? You wouldn't take that back to the world, I'm sure.
2: The vitally vitally important, I think having 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 go- goal a, a goal goals plural. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think we I think humans are like that's how worldwide. we're wide. we we're kind of goal oriented, goal pursuing beings.
1: Th- that's exactly right. It's in our DNA. So that's a mm-hmm. universal principle that you can't cheat the system, you can't get around it. And it's amazing how society is kind of, it's, it, it sets up this illusion, you know, with, you know, oh, if I could just get this amount of money, right, then I could just be happy. And I can sit on the drink Beach, and well, can, we we
2: were just we were just talking about the new, the new iPhone, <laughs> right? Case just, case in point.
1: <laughs> that, that's exactly right, and 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 right. The material, the the concentration on wealth. Um, a study came out recently that I read. Uh, I don't remember the exact details, but it, to no surprise, we're becoming more and more focused on that. Right, like that's becoming what the majority of people's focus is, like tremendously so. Whereas even in like the seventies, eighties, it was like. You know, it was relationships and it was, you know, these other cores, but when it's all, you know, I have five cores, career and finances is one of them. And that is important. But again, it's, what are you doing for your career and finances? Mm -hmm. Are you actually waking up doing something that you enjoy and love and you're working towards a goal that's soul filling? And then, you know, you're, you're making a living doing that versus just getting up and going through the motions like a zombie that to me, that's not Mm -hmm. a career.
0: Um, but, anyways, going
1: back like what you were saying earlier, you know, you, it comes down to these universal principles of sort of like figuring out as you're going through life, like, and like you said, you're 43, I'm 44, and it just really has hit me, It just even in the last couple of years as, as I'm, I'm kind of putting all this stuff together. So when I when I quit my job, or when when we sold our business, I switched to what I'm doing now, and I've been working on this book for. Since I was in college and been taking on I'm this crazy note taker. That that's what fills my soul is just like figuring out like, okay, I'm gonna use, I'm gonna, I read it here, I've read it here like four different ways. Like, mm-hmm. is this a universal principle? Like, is this yeah. is this really like apply to everything? Because there's so much out there, you never know, especially now, what to believe, what to trust, with so many mm-hmm. things coming at us. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I just want to get them all. I want to get them all down. And, and I want to test them on myself. And so uh, I can't say I've tested all of them, but the most of the ones I talk about and that are going to be in my book and and the app that I'm developing, it's like, you can hang your hat on these guys. Like these have proven themselves throughout time. They're going to prove themselves till the end. And, you know, one of them is this happiness is figuring out what it is that you enjoy, that you're passionate about, that you're good at taking action on those things, Mm -hmm. setting goals and continuing to, continuing to move. There's this app that I, speaking of iPhone, that I saw years ago that was really interesting. It's no longer in the App Store. It was called Mm -hmm. The Meaning of Life. I don't even remember who turned me on to it, but literally I clicked on it, and I have a picture of it here of my vision board. And at the top, it says, we strive for more. It was just one simple graphic. Mm -hmm. It said, we strive for more, and then there's a half circle with an arrow pointing to because we feel dissatisfied. And then there's another half circle pointing up to we strive for more. And like, at first, when it, it, I didn't quite understand it. And then, then it kind of hit me like, we're ne basically we're never like you just said, it's in our DNA, we're never going to really fully feel satisfied, right? We're going to hit that goal. And we're not just gonna be like, Okay, cool. Now I can. And at, at first, it kind of depressed me. I'm like, geez, like, <laughs> so I'm never gonna be able to stop and just chill. Like I've got to. But then once I kind of got it and, and realized mm-hmm. that no, all that means is the key to life is movement and momentum yeah. and continuing yeah. to do that. And as long as you do that, no matter what you're doing, and you're heading in the direction that you want to, you're going to be happy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And so like, I, I took that screenshot, I have it here, I look at it all the time. And it just reminds me like, and then there's, a, there's the whole like more people want more, more, more. It's like, yeah, that's the, that's the saddest thing is when people say, okay, I want to get to this dollar amount, mm-hmm. And then they what you and I just talked about, they discover that oh
2: wait,
0: there's a there's, there's no,
2: there's no, yeah, there's no, there's no end to that to that game. You know, I, right. I was I was very very lucky. Uh, this was probably about five five six years ago. Invited to join a friend of mine whose dad has a has a yacht, like a motor yacht, in the in the in the Mediterranean, and I kind of joined them for. I guess it was ten days on this, but I'd never done that. But it was insane, like glimpse into a into a whole different world. There's like a the crew on the boat. It's mad, and um, we came the, the last day. We came back into um, Palma Harbour in, in in Majorca, and this was uh, I guess the boat we're on was about a, about a hundred foot. It's a Ferretti, like Italian, you know, um, beautiful boat. And uh, we came back into Palma Harbour, and and there are some like massive super yachts like in the harbor and 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 the guy that owned the boat i was on. i remember seeing him standing on the yeah the bridge of his boat like looking at these bigger boats looking really like crestfallen like ah like i haven't done enough i haven't got there you know just and that game never ends like if 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 that's how you if that's the metric you use to to assess to you know your own self-worth then that you can never get to the end of that game you're never going to be satisfied, so um, it's it, I think it's a good thing to learn. And it's still, having said that, I'm I'm not, you know, clearly I'm not a, a Buddhist monk who meditates all day. I'm I'm a guy who likes cool things, cars and watches and you know, f- f- fun stuff. But I think um, kind of s- learning to see them for what they are and 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 realizing that if that's how you measure your own self worth, then you're never going to get to the end of that. There's that's always exactly major, right.
1: And I like how you put that because it's okay to get the new iPhone if yeah. you can afford it. And, and it's like, you know, to have certain goals. And that's, again, that kind of ties into we're mm-hmm. saying, like, oh, certain goals. But what you need to be careful about is not getting caught up in the just more.
2: Absolutely. And yeah, then yeah. being
1: like, well, now I've hit this. I got that. Now, now oh, but this guy has the newer version. I need to get mm-hmm. that. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss, are you familiar with him?
2: Very Ferriss, much so, yeah. Yep.
1: So his, he's got a great podcast. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. ever listened to it. Mm-hmm um and i'll never forget he had a billionaire i don't remember the guy's name but he had a billionaire on there that he was interviewing and the guy goes he goes i caught myself last week he said so he has his own jet and he said i read this article about this other billionaire that just got the newer version of my jet and he's like i got all upset for for a second and luckily this guy had had evolved enough in his brain to, to catch it but that it's that instinct started to kick in a lot of people don't have that 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 awareness to catch themselves but he caught himself he's like oh my god he's like am i really complaining about the fact that somebody's got a better jet than me (laughs) (laughs) when like that's like you know anybody like 99.9 percent of people on the planet would be like oh my god that's the most amazing goal that Mm -hmm. i'll probably never reach and so it's that's a perfect case in point Mm -hmm. of you know we we want more 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 but it's like okay what is enough and how do you measure your happiness and
2: success? No, 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 it's, it's, I, I think for me one of the one of the really interesting things the, these big expeditions have given me over the years has been um, Time like completely away from from civilization and society and everything that comes with that so so nowadays like like no Antarctica 2013-14 we were down there two of us for uh, nearly four months and um, we had no access to the news to current affairs to gossip to social media to any kind of media so we 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 had four months with being you know exposed to zero advertising zero marketing zero social media zero comparison to other human beings it was just two of us down there and we didn't you know i didn't miss Stuff. I I didn't spend my days thinking, ah, oh, my life would be better if I if I had the new newer newest iPhone or like maybe I should maybe need a bigger TV or maybe you know. Um, and it's very easy to kind of fall back into that in in the real world when we're kind of sur- surrounded by bombarded with images of of people that have better than us. They have a they've got a you know they're they're fitter than us. They they're, they're richer than us. They've got a better car. They've got a better house. Better yeah. and um, and that kind of comparison is just I think can be can be really really um damaging sometimes um but having said that, it can also be inspiring like for sure you know i i, I my my dad was a bricklayer, he was a manual laborer, he was an orphan so there's no there's no he grew up in a home no no family beyond that so I've no idea where i where where I come from you know <laughs> originally um and um, and he was yeah dirt poor absolutely nothing so as a kid you know we so you yeah, and I think growing up you know i, I see things and think well i i want that i'm going after that so so it's a, it's a kind of double edged sword but i think it's especially nowadays especially in the, in the kind of instagram and here we are talking on instagram but um, it's so easy to um what was somebody said recently to to compare your inside to someone else's outside and i think what you have to remember is that social media is a is a highly curated often manipulated you know presentation of 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 someone's life or what they want their life to look like very rarely is it is it reality um so i think that it's important to be mindful of that when you compare yourself to other people or, or what they have
1: that's that's 100% right and and you know that's what i like What we're doing here to me it's using the platform like there's no manipulation here this is a live Mm -hmm. interview and anybody that's Mm -hmm. watching it and then we're gonna cut clips out there's no like you know this isn't what you actually said this wasn't an actual (laughs) conversation and hopefully you know the idea is people are are helping to gain their momentum and becoming Mm -hmm. happier and their better selves because of watching this stuff but you're absolutely right there's the flip side as well teen suicide is especially for girls it's at at an all-time high Mm -hmm. and it's gone um, if you look at the numbers since 2008, right around when the iPhone came out, it's gone up every single year and you know, um, social media or excuse me. And then 2011, 2012 actually when, when, uh, so, uh, social media, mm-hmm. uh, like Facebook and, and that's the MySpace way back in the way in the, the day it was mm-hmm. the first one, but started becoming more prevalent. And that's exactly what these people do, right? They're airbrushing, mm. they're they're showing the, their most ideal life, and that's not reality. But then, mm. you know, and and they build these
2: things. Like, Right, don't get me started, this is a whole other conversation. But have you seen The Social Dilemma on Netflix? Not yet, not yet. No, but I've got a couple of friends will be like, you must watch it. So it's, it's on the list, yeah. Maybe you got to watch it. I, won't, I, I talked about it on another episode, I won't go too mm. in it. But the gist is that,
1: you know they're they're not even apologetic about it. And I, by the way, I don't look at these people as evil. Like I don't think Mark Zuckerberg, I don't think the, the founders of Google started out to be evil, but they're trapped. The genie's out of the bottle. They're public to develop certain features to make us more addicted to want to come back, regardless of whether it's it's content that's helping us or hurting us. It's mm. hurt, helping our well being, hurting our well being. And yeah, The Social Dilemma does a brilliant idea of kind of showing that path and and how that can quickly escalate and lead to you, you know, becoming your worst self and and going Mm. down a rabbit hole. Cause it's it's gonna show you more of the, like, the example was they had this actor and he had broke up with his girlfriend and then this like right wing conspiracy thing came up and he was like, hmm, you know, what's that? You know, I'm kind of in a bad mood, whatever, I'm in a dark hole. And then, because he clicked on it, then he started seeing more of these images. Then he started seeing gun ads. Then he gets himself a gun, and it's like before you know it, this whole thing going And it's literally the social media just completely <laughs> manipulated him into being
2: the person he wasn't. So mm. it's- there was—I I can't remember the guy's name. There was another. This was Tim Ferriss interview from years ago, but a guy who was was at Facebook. He was one of the sort of I think early kind of lead engineers, and he left. Really, kind of on on moral grounds, he said um, that they were obviously engineering for for engagement. The more time people spend on the site, the better for them in terms of advertising. The more people engage with the site and like stuff and comment kind of stuff. And he said they, they basically realized very quickly um, that the, the the most profitable reaction they, they could they could engender in in the, the people using facebook was was outrage. Like that was what really got people, you know, get, get them angry, get them wound up. So, that, so he said he said he left because he realised they were engineering for outrage to, to make people angry, you know, and upset and anxious. And yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think, um, and again, I'm not saying I don't use the, I'm not on Facebook, but Instagram, I mean, I owned by Facebook, I use WhatsApp, I use Twitter, you know? Um, so I'm not saying I don't use these things, but I think using them kind of with a bit of awareness and using them. With with great
1: power comes great responsibility.
2: Right.
1: As the great Stan Lee late Mm. stanley once said i loved him i was Mm. a big comic book nerd when i was a kid um and to me that just says it all it's like Mm. it's not the technology itself that's bad right it's Mm. it's how how you're going to use it and Mm. and i do think a reckoning's coming in terms of you know i think there's going to be a point where uh these these companies are going to sort of have to start taking into account the human wellness aspect Mm. And that has to be part of their business model. Um, I know a lot of people would disagree with me and say, that's, you know, that's government trying to come in and control things, but it's like, look, look what's happening now. There's no, nobody can argue right now that up this last four years, we've been heading in the right direction as Mm. a planet coming together, working together as one. If anything, it's become more polarized and there's been more of this. Right. Mm. And so it's like, and if social media is contributing to that, you know, and it's all still new and stuff like there should be an accountability metric there. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Pretty
1: and, sure. and so in this social dilemma, one of the example. this guy worked for Google and it was cool. Cause it was all these like really high level people that worked for these big tech company. It wasn't like, you know, the intern that got the coffee. It was like, mm-hmm. I ran, I was the president of, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so these, you know, you, these guys and, one of the guys said, you know, I wrote this memo one day, he's like, I just, I, I had to from my soul. And he's like, I wrote this memo about how um, we gotta start con- con- factoring in wellness into what we're doing and, and, and like not taking advantage of people and whatnot. Because you know, Google is their whole model is and same with Facebook, Facebook their their monetary model is collect as much data on people as they can and then sell mm-hmm. it to advertisers, mm-hmm. right? And so by doing that, you know, it, it, can, it can end up going in a bad direction and then you're spying on people and then they're, you're encouraging them to do take certain actions. Maybe it's not the best for them or whatnot. And, and he said he sent it through to the company and it caught fire. And like everybody was like, yes, good for you for standing up and saying this. And even Larry Page, um, one of the founders like got wind of it and he actually called him into his office. He's like, I just want to thank you for sending this. He's like, this is something that is absolutely needed. And then he said the next day, it was almost like he never wrote it He yeah. said, nobody ever did anything. Yeah. Nobody ever took any action. And it was yeah. gone.
2: What's the, what's the line? If, if you're not paying for service, um, remember you're not the customer, you're the product, you're, you're the product. <laughs> and if they say that in,
1: in, in, the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the new, the Netflix documentary, they actually use the word user. Mm. Um, it, it, you're the user. And they said, there's only two cat. There's only two spaces where, where the product is considered the user and it's in drugs. And, and alcohol and addiction and yeah. social media. They're like see
2: yeah.
1: the correlation there. So very interesting. So oh, it, we're running out of time. I, I really would <laughs> love to get this polar
2: bear story. Do you wanna, <laughs> yeah, do you might giving so, us a little. No, no I'll give it. Trying to try give you a brief question. This was my first ever big expedition. Um, it was 2001. I was 23 years old. So looking back, like pretty young and. Um, I was traveling with a guy called Pen Haddo, Pen with a P, oh, Pen is his nickname, but so we were Pen and Ben, and we were trying to go from the north coast of, of Russia, there's like a string of islands off the north coast of Siberia, um, on foot to the north Pole, which is about 600 miles distance between, you know, start to finish, and uh, we, didn't, we didn't get there. We got like two-thirds of the way there, the conditions were horrendous, we ran out of time. You have a limited window because you're walking over the sea, you're walking at the frozen surface of the sea, and it all starts to melt every summer. So we were kind of racing against time so, and, and it was day this was day two. So we just started skiing, we'd taken the tent down, packed the sledges, you're wearing a harness, dragging sledges, and um, and Penn was in front of navigating and I was following his tracks and I had this weird feeling that that something wasn't quite right. Like have I left it in my you know, my zips all done up? Have I you know, my have I forgotten something at back of the campsite? Like something felt wrong. And I finally stopped and and like put my ski poles in the snow. Turned because you have a you know jacket. You're like um, Kenny from South Park. So it's like like jacket with the you know, goggles, and everything. Yeah. You know, so you can't see much. So I like turned round, looked back along our, our tracks, and saw this polar bear. You know, following it. So I turned around, yelled at Penn in the into the into the wind. Luckily, he owed me. And uh, our our bear drill swang into action. Now we, we had practiced what to do uh, once in the uh, parking lot of a thing in the UK called a, called a Little Chef, which is, I don't know, like a um, like a uh, not quite Taco Bell. Well, that that kind of thing, you know, kind of roadside you know, cafe thing in the UK. Yeah. And we used like Penn's car as the bear. Um, and yeah, the basically, the, the theory is um, polar bears are the largest land-based carnivore on the planet. Like the heaviest recorded male adult polar bear was just over a ton. So they're big creatures. I don't know who weighs polar bears for a living, but someone has an even more ridiculous career than than mine. Uh, but um, And they can do 30 miles per hour, they can sprint. And we're wearing harnesses, dragging sledges, we could do one and a half miles per hour. So we knew we couldn't outrun the bear. So you have to stand your ground and try and convince the polar bear that you are bigger and scarier than, than than it is which is not easy um and i'm not I'm no, nowhere near as tall as you i'm like five nine on a good day so so basically you try and look big so bears apparently don't have very good eyesight so they have very strong sense of smell it's how they track their prey but they can't they can't see very well so yeah like skis up in the air trying to make yourself look big and pen was in charge of the gun now we, we'd traveled out from the UK to Russia. So we could just couldn't take farms with us as it was impossible. So, um, so we had to get something out there, essentially on the black market. So we had this like 12 gauge shotgun, like an antique Russian shotgun, like you know, double barreled. And, um, so I could, was in charge of that. He was like loading the gun, two cartridges, closed it, pulled the triggers. There were two triggers, one for each barrel and that uh, like, click, click, nothing happened. Anyway, this, this kind of carried on until he got to like the fifth and sixth cartridge um pulled the first trigger, click nothing happened lowered the gun walked around his sledge like towards the bear and everything went into slow motion i remember i set my skis down i remember thinking like whoa uh, you know Penn has lost it obviously he's 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 gonna get eaten what the hell am i gonna do and everything like time stood still and like the bear stopped and pen stopped and then bang the gun went off like almost like As if it was an accident, and I I think it surprised Pen and me more than it surprised the bear, which which didn't didn't run off. It just kind of looked up, looked down, and then kind of turned around and sort of walked slowly around us, and and then disappeared. But uh, it was only after the bear turned around that suddenly the adrenaline. uh, Pen was like, "Quick, film it!" And, and we had. Like 2001, that's when you used to film things with a video camera that had a little tape in it. Like the whole thing was needed to be warmed up and it was in my sledge. I couldn't even undo the zip. I, you know, nervous wreck. So it was, yeah, that was a nerve wracking experience. And I, it probably should have put me off really, but, um, I, yeah, it was all part of that. Like in a way that first trip, pretty much everything that could have gone wrong did, did go wrong. So, um, it was a good, good apprenticeship. (laughs) That's and i've awesome. never seen i've never seen another bear that that close up ever since but um it was yeah it was an interesting experience and i kind of i i think one of the things i took from that was after that trip was like you know what i'm never i i i don't i don't like confrontation at all i tend to kind of shy away from that i'm not i'm not naturally an aggressive person in that sense i'm i'm driven i work i push myself really hard but i'm not i don't get into fights. Um, but I remember thinking, you know what? I, I I'm never going to be intimidated by a human being ever again. Like we we squared up to a ton tons worth of polar bear. You
1: know? right. Like, right. Right. I mean, that's that's just it ties into what like kind of what we were saying earlier in terms of like when I got out of our bound, I was like, I can I'm like Superman, I can do anything. And and when you finish this journey, including this polar bear experience, you probably felt invincible as well. And, right, it's like your mind, that's, that's exactly kind of what I'm about and what I try to help people do. It's like you want to trick your mind, connecting with your, your mind's why. I'm sure you're familiar mm-hmm. with Simon Sinek. I like how he puts it. It's sort of like if you, if you want to change your perception, like you've got to have a reason, kind of like you can't just be like, I'm going to use my willpower and change my mind into not being intimidated by people. Mm-hmm. But something like having a polar bear and being like, I survived the polar bear? Dude, you're nothing. You're not scared yeah, me. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, I have a, I've got a, um, uh, you probably, I, I would turn my phone over. You can't see it because it's like dark in here. But I have a, a picture framed on my desk, um, which is from uh, 2004. So was, that's was when I skied solo to the North Pole. Um, so I was 26. And the photo was taken by a friend of mine, a guy Martin Hartley, extraordinary photographer. Um, and it was taken out of the window of a heli- the helicopter that I was in with him. Of We had two helicopters flying out to the start point of this of this trip. And so the picture is the first Helicopter landing on the ice and I kind of have that there as a as a like reminder to myself it's right above my my big monitor my computer and um, as, as it like whatever I'm finding hard right now If if the 26 year old me could figure out how to rent two helicopters in Siberia And like get dropped off on the edge of the arctic ocean and and survive for 10 weeks on my own I came home by Canada by a ski plane the bit off the arctic ocean the other side of the planet Like if, if I can figure that out Whatever it is I'm finding hard now, I can figure it out too. Like, it's, yeah, just got to find a way. So I I'm that. getting, I I've just, I've had a couple of hilarious comments from a guy called Tony Hale, who's a good friend of great friend of mine. And he, he did, he had the hard part on, on that, on that solo trip, 2004, he was kind of managing it in the background. He was like keeping everything on the rail. So I just dragged the sledge, did, did the easy bit, but um, I've seen a few, a few um, amusing comments from him. He said, don't forget your gloves, which I, which I did. I had to take his, he was on the helicopter. So... <laughs> There, yeah, there is. so can you show us? Are you able to, can we see the... Uh, I don't know if it's, I don't know if the lighting is, hang on, I, what I probably can do, hang on a second, um, bah, 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 that's the, can you see that? What I can do yeah. is turn this, turn that light around. Yeah, I see it. Well, there the we are,
1: iPhone, man, it's like we were talking about earlier, they... they oh, asked ...for light, so I
2: can see it. Yeah, there we go. I'm trying to, I'm talking it the wrong way, but that's the, yeah, that's a helicopter landing on the on the ice. Man. So, uh, yeah. Something <laughs>
1: And yeah. most people will never see in their lives. Right. And yeah, it's a special, special trip. Talk about a, a momentum builder, right? I, I have my, my 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 morning mantra that I say every morning to kind of give me that boost of energy and and, and, and confidence and whatnot every day. And that's I, I that seems like a perfect thing. Just look at that and go, I did that. Yeah. But what is today? Is it
2: I, 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 I had uh I read why did I see this? A while ago it was a, a a journalist went to go and interview Kanye west and um and w- was apparently astonished to see in in his living room a giant like floor-to-ceiling portrait of Kanye west in like in kenya's own living room and he's like well how come you've got a massive picture of you on the wall and he said i can't remember the exact words it's something like like i've got to cheer for me before anyone else is going to cheer for me, and I think like there's this fine line between between kind of believing in yourself and, and being arrogant. But it's it's you know I think it's important to 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 yeah you know, a to kind of track your progress and 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 also to kind of have these reminders of, of things you've managed to do o- over the course of your life, and and to like not be afraid to look back on those and use them as as, as inspiration for whatever you're finding hard now.
1: I like that. What a what a great positive spin on what most people would be like
2: what an arrogant yeah you know? <laughs> but he, that he's right yeah. i mean it's he's not right it's not it's not, a, it's not it's not a picture of me but it is a picture of the helicopter that i figured out how to charge it at the start of the journey i i did so it's yeah it's it's a slightly more modest person yeah, to me that's <laughs> right that, that's probably a little bit of a better way to do it and who knows maybe he should say that
1: as hmm, this is a good story so yeah <laughs> that I, can, I can look at myself every day but no i mean he's you know say what you want about Kanye West, you know, but he's, he's obviously somebody that uh, in a different field, kind of mm-hmm. similar to you, similar to me, he sort of bared down. He said, this is what I want to do. This is what, how I want to do it. And and he got there. Um, and so that's what helped him to do it. I look at his big smiley mug every day. Good for him. So this has been amazing, man. Um, I like to, I like to end each of these. Thank you again so much for coming on. Pleasure. And Thanks. First of all, um, tell is there any place that you want people to be able to check you out or, or to website anything we
2: can yeah i mean obviously we're, we're on instagram so I, I'm, I'm polar ben on instagram um, and my website is, is my name is bensaunders.com um so yeah keep an eye on that um i did something this summer but i, I might actually pivot um and um I, i've been i a big part of how i've made a living out of what i do is is through speaking and, and you know public speaking at big events and obviously that hasn't happened this year so i was like okay there should be a pivot here and i'm doing lots on on zoom and and every other platform at the moment um you know virtually but kind of early in the summer when it was quiet i was like okay i need to need to do i need to, I need to do something else here i've got all this time suddenly i'm not traveling every week you know what what am i going to do and a friend of mine was like well he's like look at you know look at tim Ferriss look at wim Hof look at these guys who've like you know jocko willink who've like, packaged their thing and, and, and done it, you know, to kind of sold it online. He's like, uh, he said, Ben, when I think of you, I think of tenacity and perseverance and grit. He said, you're the king of grit. You should call it the grit academy. So so I, I did that. Um, So the website is learngrit.com. Um, what is it called? And learngrit.com. Learngrit.com. And, yeah, so I've been doing over this year, I've done uh, about a dozen now, like it's 90 minutes on Zoom. Basically me talking about... Um, what I kind of touched on earlier, this, this idea that that, that self-belief is a, is a quality that is vital in success and, and that you can make it stronger. Um, and and here are my thoughts on how you do it. So I've, I've really, really enjoyed doing that. And, and what I'm thinking of doing now is actually kind of pre-recording it, making a, a slight more formal you know, curriculum and, and producing support materials and, and maybe using Udemy or something like that to host it online. Um, Partly is I'm getting busy now and, and, and can't do these things like every week or every other week what I was doing so yeah but there'll be more on the website so either bensons.com or learngrit.com I love that grit what a great word
1: I love the word <laughs> grit um, it's not someone it's kind of an old old school word but it mm-hmm. set, it, it sums it all up
2: like, absolutely absolutely yeah
1: you grit it's in my mantra actually I use it mm-hmm. grit determination and perception pers- uh, Persistence are three words that I, that I remind myself of every day. Um, and
2: vital in any, any, any pursuit, any goal, it's going to take, it's going to take those things.
1: That's right. Um, and so we'll, we'll end on, what is one habit that you think that you, by, by developing a, this habit helped you to become the person that you are today? Kind of a loaded mm. question.
2: But. Yeah. 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 Gosh. I would say, and I think this ties into something else you get you, you know, one of, one of your, one of your, um, list of five um of which is 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 physical fitness and kind of training physical training and i'm i think people sometimes you know think oh well, he must have been like all-star athlete at school and kind of you know natural that must spring out of bed at 5 a.m and go for a run you know without anything and i i i you know like most human beings i have to find ways to motivate myself and and i was not a talented athlete at school by any stretch of the amount. I just didn't, I didn't really get into team sports at school. I was, you know, and part of that was we, we we moved around a lot. I went to a few different schools. So I was always like the kid who turned up, who didn't know everyone else and was like the last one to be picked for the football team or whatever it was. So I, I like kind of relatively late, I guess in my teens, probably 14, 15, got into running and got into cycling and, and they were, yeah, you know, those kind of endurance sports taught me what I didn't learn at school about, about work and about achieving results. And, and, and fitness is, is really interesting because it's, it's like a, it's a slide. Like you're, you're every day, you're either slightly more fit or slightly less fit. Like you can't just get it and keep it forever and you can't buy it. Like the only way you can get it is through work and hard work. It's difficult. It's painful. It's uncomfortable. It's, you know, um, so I think that and, and and ever since then, yeah, ever since I was 14, 15, like first started doing this stuff. I, I got some ridiculous book like that had like calisthenics and star jumps and push ups and I was just just as a kid was just you know. Um and I still I get so much um, even now out of out of physical training and exercise and, and I think it just teaches you so much about about discipline, about habits, about the ability to motivate yourself when you don't feel like doing something um you know and and the importance because if you don't keep doing it you're going to lose it um so i think yeah finding 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 some form of of of, you know challenging physical exercise that that you will keep on doing um for me right now it's it's running and lifting weights they're they're the two big things i i do consistently week in week out uh without fail. so yeah.
1: yeah I love that thank you yeah that's you know and, and that ties back to your mindset of like right if you, if you set a goal and then you're able to keep moving in the right direction and you keep your your body moving and you hold yourself accountable and you' are developing that discipline you can't help but your mindset can't help but improve because you're like oh, yeah, absolutely. it just builds your confidence and your yeah. ability to say I can I can accomplish this stuff right yeah. and versus the opposite stagnancy you know it's, it's no matter whether it's your mind or your body it's the worst thing you can have right if you, ain't, yep. if you ain't growing you're dying so it's just one more of those things to make sure that you're growing absolutely thank you for sharing that well this has been awesome bro thank you real so pleasure much. thank you
2: well i no, loved it really just really, fun, really, was it, really just... fun is are there thank any you. other are there any upcoming expeditions or anything that you're, Ooh, you're um yeah, obviously pretty weird, pretty weird year for for travel full stop. So yeah, no, nothing in terms of like breaking records actually. Nothing on the horizon. Um, I am. I want to run. I, I've got the goal of of, of breaking my like lifetime um, marathon personal best next spring. So I'm, I'm. I have a place in the parish marathon, but. That may or may not happen. Who knows? So, whatever way, I'm going to figure it out. Figure a way to do that. So, I I set my best time 14 years ago. So, um, so it's an interesting challenge. So, I'm yeah. At the moment, at the moment, I've got my running mojo back, and yeah, training hard, motivated. Um, and then beyond that, I'm I've got a project. This is January 2022, so a little way off. Um, but um, taking a group of students to Antarctica. And the whole the whole thing is around storytelling. And um, somebody, uh, I was on a conference call last year, and 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 it was with um, a production company looking at doing something in Antarctica, I was advising them. And uh, one of the producers on the call used, she just had such a brilliant line that I'd stole it, and I've been plagiarizing it ever since. And um, she said, humans are narrative beings. Uh, we're not inspired by data, we're inspired by stories." And I was like, ah. Like, that's that's it. Like, there's all this data coming out of Antarctica, all this climate science. Nobody's really doing anything differently because it's so hard to, to uh, for people that are never going to visit this place to really understand it. And even... I've been to Antarctica seven times. I, I still struggle to comprehend the scale of this place and the scale of what's happening. So Antarctica has... Two hundred and fifty-five million gigatons of ice. So, what, what the hell does that mean? Well, okay, e- for every human being alive on the planet right now, how much ice is that? How much ice do we each have in Antarctica? Three million tons each for every human being. Three million. So the scale of this place is just—it's completely mind blowing. So, so the data is just incomprehensible. So right. it's, it's it's stories that matter. So and 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 I think. Like young people learn best from other young people, uh, especially right now. You've only got to look at, look at the news or look at politics to realise why young people are cynical and sceptical about what grown-ups are saying. Um, so, so the idea is to take yeah, a small group of students down there and to really kind of empower them as, as as storytellers. You know, through 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 film, through photography, through art, through writing. Um, Tell the story of this place through, that, through their to the right. So that's that's the next adventure that, that's inspiring me. So it's not about it's not about for me. It's not about personal achievement. It's not about breaking records. I've I've scratched that itch. So this is this is about the bigger picture. Um, so yeah, that's that's what's inspiring me now.
1: I love that. I love, and, and that's just so true. You know, it's like you can say I, I hiked eighteen hundred miles across, and it's just, it's just the number to people. Like, what's the difference between mm-hmm. eighteen hundred and twenty four? Like you know. But most people wouldn't. And then it's like, but if you can use uh, a story to kind of compare, like you just did with the ice and, and the humans, mm. um, that's exactly, you're a very smart man. That's, that's what all the success, you look at a guy like Tim Ferriss, you read his book, James Clear is a recent, I don't know if you've read Atomic Hat. Yes. The yeah. Movie. Yeah. Brilliant. And, and it's, it's the storytelling and relating it to actual real things versus just stating data and facts that is, is the key. Absolutely well thank you for sharing your story uh and this has been amazing and hopefully we'll stay in touch and uh I love that. your future endeavors we're, we're friends now i'll absolutely. keep on you on on social media using it for good versus evil
2: absolutely fantastic where, where are you in the u.s obviously you, i'm assuming you're, you're u.s right now where, yeah, where I'm, I'm in chicago, I'm fantastic. chicago. I, one of my favorite places I, it's just a, a really really cool city i i've been i mean yeah up until 2020 where i haven't traveled anywhere but um I've been spent a lot of time in the U S and um, one of the theories is that my dad might've been the, his, his dad, my, my grandfather might've been a US pilot that was shot down in world war two and, and you know never made it home. So, um, yeah, I often wonder if I've got you know, Yankee blood in me somewhere, but, um, i yeah, um, Chicago is great. It's, it's, it's kind of, to me, it's almost like New York with the intensity, like dulled down a little bit. It's just, it's a, Great job, I'd agree so. with that right it's an interesting
1: mm-hmm. time right now with with COVID and uh, I actually mm-hmm. live in a suburb I've got a wife two kids so um mm-hmm. it makes more sense we're just outside just north in Evanston which is mm-hmm. just north but um I have friends that are still in the city and it's a, it's a totally different ball game right now
0: so mm-hmm. it'll, it'll bet,
1: be interesting to yes. see how this all plays out but I'm not just saying this if you're ever in Chicago please please put I'd, my name down somewhere hopefully we'd love that much, and I would love to to get together and and chat, and have a coffee,
2: have a beer, whatever it is. It would be a pleasure. Thank you. Well, watch the space. Hopefully hopefully next year we'll see how things pan out. But um, yeah, it's looking, looking a bit more positive now. So um, we shall see. But yeah, we'd, we'd love that.
1: It is. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. A pleasure. Have a great Thank day you. or a great Cheers. night
0: again. That's it for today's episode of the Five Core Live podcast with Will Moore, founder of More Momentum. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have not already, please make sure to subscribe and follow the 5 Core Life podcast wherever you are listening or watching this so that you get notified when new episodes air every week. And if you have not joined the 5 Core Life Facebook group, I encourage you to join that and see what all of the fuss is about. There's some awesome content designed to get your momentum going, including a monthly giveaway to win a complimentary coaching call with The Will Moore the facebook group is currently the only place to get will's dedicated attention on your five core journey if you're feeling stuck or just want someone to cheer you on then that is the place you need to be there's nothing like a community of people on the same journey to get you fired up kicking butt and taking names so come join us well
2: get moving
1: gain momentum join the movement Join Emmett by going to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five course.